You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm sitting down today with Bruce Adams and GP. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we tonight? Ned, it's good to have you back. I know you contacted me and uh, got with Marty yesterday and today. You know, we had you on a couple of weeks ago now, I think. And it was a pleasure having you on, getting your take on things. Um, And I'm glad you actually reached out and wanted to come back on. Uh, We don't have Marty with us tonight, so... You know, it's, it's fine because now you'll probably get a chance to talk because he never shuts up. So um, yeah, he's, it's he's got uh, a lovely view on everything. He does. He does. And that's and we love it. That j- Just kidding, Marty. J- just kidding. Right. We love you because right, he's going to get this first thing in the morning. But uh, OK, Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. Yeah. <laughs> I just shouldn't have even asked. That counts. Shouldn't have asked. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't have asked. So, all right. Ned, how are you doing today? Most excellent. You can, oh, I found something to get my teeth into. So, Okay, all right. You got a lot lined up today. We we kind of talked a little bit about how you wanted to, uh, oh boy, and we, we are graced by, as, we're, as I'm sitting here doing introductions, we are graced by the most informed, the most scientific, the most caring individual that we could possibly ask for. GP, how you doing? Nice to see you. Excellent. Just enjoying my morning. Ned, I wanted to give you the floor here. You've got a lot of research you've done over the last couple of days, and you want to present everything you found. And so we really don't have anything of our own today. And since you brought all this stuff to us, I mean, we were going to obviously do our usual thing, but we've kind of tabled that until tomorrow. So we'll get to that tomorrow. Uh, it's nothing pressing. Oh, I- uh, also, That's we're waiting on the upcoming debates. And so I, I wanted to give you the floor. So what what specifically do you want to get into? I will let you lead. Uh, and, well, and what are the um, things you wanted to cover today? The the biggest thing that's going on at the moment is boring. But I want I, I finally got my teeth into this um, COVID-19. I've been waiting for some scientific papers to come out and some information. And I managed to chase it back and find out all manner of annoying facts. But I'd like to slowly feed in of what I what I know and what this this obviously is facts and stuff that I can access from the UK. So you might have other stuff on your side, which you'd be able to obviously add to anyway. But if I can just kick off, I mean, it all started basically with a newspaper ad really from The Guardian. It isn't a paper that I normally read, but I, I just saw it. It was obviously an internet feed. And basically, it just started with them investigating why children... Um, actually fight off COVID-19 a lot better than other people. And then obviously it goes into things like because they've got a lot of natural common cold antibodies because they get it a lot while they're in the younger younger ages than, and later on we build up immune systems, so they fought it off. But then they found out that basically if on the rare occasions some of the children got another strain of the virus, it, they were reacting differently to it. So then that started to raise the question of, hang on, if people are vaccinating against the COVID-19 genome strain, which was given out by China in the beginning, what's the point of the vaccine if it's going to cause a possible bad reaction or not even work? So then that went from one thing to another. And then from then it started to investigate vaccines and their uses. Have they, have they worked? And there's a hideous history of damage about, you know, how how these COVID vaccines and everything have just failed. In fact, basically, I mean, it, we go back to, ooh, let's take 2002 when you had your SARS 
COVID outbreak, they tested it. I mean, basically like they normally do on mice, ferrets and that. And they saw all these antibodies come out. Yeah. And it was fine until they were actually introduced to the actual virus. And then they found out that the vaccine caused a hyper um, reaction and their immune system jacked up. So the respiratory system started to fail. And they went, whoa, hang on. And it's, it's something they called enhanced immunopathology. And it means basically that hyper response. And it's just the, the, the respiratory system, their lungs, they just sort of get these massive inflammations. And so they went, oh, that didn't work. Now we've got a vaccine problem. So then you go, well, how far does this stand back to? And you start to look into it. Yeah. And then you find out that COVID-19 has what they call a vaccine tape. And that's a warning tape. They're saying it's a vaccine. You don't necessarily want to use it. And all the people in charge know about this. So then you go back and you give it, well, how far can I go back to a history? So you take something like 1967, when they really started to bung these vaccines in. And it was given, and this is where they just, they give it to babies and children. And it was, have you heard of the RSV, respiratory, right, sinusitis virus? Yes, Basically, we actually, we actually, there's something that's, and it's it's vaccine related, uh, and it's also related to what you're talking about. But uh, that's about the company that's going to be um, developing the vaccine itself. But I'll get into that after you're done speaking. But yes, oh yeah, respiratory sinusitis. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So basically, at the end of the day, in the welfare state, an orphanage, they used a group of children and vaccinated them, and they went, yeah, the antibodies happened. Great, wonderful. And this is when the they started to tape the vaccines and what happened. But once again, these antibodies look good. Nine months later, the real RSV outbreak occurred in the orphanage. All the children got infected. 80% of them became so ill, they had to be hospitalized. They had bronchitis and pneumonia, and two of them actually died. And that is when it started to really highlight, do vaccines have a negative effect? Basically, you're putting these antibodies in into people, and when the actual virus does hit, your system goes into hyperdrive. So, I mean, that's a long way back. I mean, I even dug one up for you guys in 1976 when the US government, they actually predicted deaths after 13 of your American soldiers became ill and one died with unusual a respiratory problem and they called it the swine flu. The government underwrote a massive vaccination and they marketed it as a civil duty to prevent a pandemic. 14 million Americans rolled their sleeve up and got vaccinated, and 4,000 of them later sued the government for neurological damage. Hundreds and hundreds of them developed a rare paralyzing neurological autoimmune disease called GBS, which is like it's, uh, it's called Agilian Bear Syndrome, which causes respiratory failure and death. Dozens of them died. But what happened? The pandemic never happened. The one that everybody feared about? just didn't happen. But once again, the people paid the price and hang on, somebody made a packet out of that one. I wonder who that was. Pharma? Once again. And they also tried to run that again in 2000 and I want to say 2006. Was that that the swine flu outbreak? 2006? No, 2008. I'm sorry. It was was 2008, right? uh, Yeah, that's around about the same time. 2008, 2009. They called it the swine flu. They called it Hinny then. Yeah, it was H1N1. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And um, so basically, that was when the World Health Organization, wasn't it, declared a global pandemic and called it H1N1, Hini, swine flu. The death rate was a really, it was a bit overrated. It was a fraction of the seasonal flu, wasn't it? Same sort of thing. You know, you've got it this time of year. And once again, all that happened there was a large profit. Now, there's a German epidemiologist, that's the one, right? He was head of Europe's health um, care committee. 
All right. And there was about another dozen or so scientists. Yeah. And they reckoned it was just a whole operation of misinformation. Yeah. About the vaccine. And it was too quickly produced. Once again, not tested properly. But then while this was going on in Finland, which has a much smaller population. Yeah. There was this pediatric neurologist. Yeah. And he had a problem because he was wondering why there was an outbreak of narcolepsy. Yeah. Now, you sleeping you disorder. Some, yep. That is the sleeping disorder. That's when you can't help yourself and you just go to sleep. But you could happen a dozen times a day. Yeah. So basically, what happened here was, I mean, you're supposed to get something like numbers-wise, less than one in 100,000. Yeah. And now, basically, this happened. He discovered it happened just after good old GSK, GlaxoSmithKline, yeah, had given out a vaccine. And it was called Pandemrix. It was... Once again, obviously, that was their answer to the swine flu. Okay. Now, on under their findings, it obviously went on for a few, a couple of years, and then by 2012, it was confirmed by the um, National Institute of Health for Finland that the onset of narcolepsy sparked 12.7 fold following this vaccination called Pandemrix H1N1. Now, the the vaccine was quietly pulled off the market. However. 1,300 children and adults recorded that they had associated narcolepsy because of this vaccine, yeah? And they found, they found that basically the antibodies in, conduct, in conjunction, which, remember this, with a chemical called ASO3, which you will hear that later, triggered an immune response against the molecule in the sleep regulation, basically. And the brain cells that contained that, it killed it. So there was irre- irreparable brain damage in all of them. And that was due to a vaccine. Once again, 2016, this will be one of the companies, you, another nice company. The, the, the Philippine government hastily rolled out a French drug maker and COVID vaccine developer at the moment, Sanofi Pasteur. You heard of them? Sanofi? That sounds familiar. That, that sounds familiar, but I can't place it. That, that sounds yeah. really familiar. I, we might have run yeah, across well, somewhere in, in oh, one of these oh, white papers will. we looked you at. Will. They all start, you, the worst thing about it is they start to mix up. Mr. Gates, Sanofi, and they all tend to come together at the end of this, GlaxoSmithKline, and you'll find them all at the end of this today, what they're all up to. Now, basically, Sanofi Pasteur's, it was basically for the dengue flu, uh, well, no, dengue fever, sorry, dengue Dengue fever fever, against dengue fever, yeah, right? That's the way you pronounce it, yeah, and they called it, well, uh, it was a lovely vaccine, it's it's Genvaxia vaccine, they love their words, like pandemics for... GlaxoCline, and now they had this one. Now, 830,000 children, despite potential risks, were vaccinated. Yeah. There were several deaths associated with the vaccine. And once again, it was pulled off the market. Why? There was a massive public outcry. Several government officials are still in court hearings. It's ongoing. And they get in charge with reckless impudence resulting in homicide. Now, they found out that the vaccine does seem to work once you've got the fever. So then it's once again, it backed up. Don't vaccinate because the vaccinate, if you vaccinate before, it just sends your system into overdrive. Yeah. So it's yeah, actually that, working. that's the point. It gives you a, it gives you a, a uh, hold on, GP, you're, you're nodding your head there. You're, um, you're, you're very well versed in this field. Uh, what do you want to say on it? Well, the difficult situation that you're, you're looking at is you're, you're looking at, you got to have time for these vaccines to work. So as your body builds these antibodies, you're given this and your body goes to, you know, your system as you're building these antibodies and you got to give it time to give an, to give a vaccine to somebody that already has a disorder disease 
or virus or whatever it may be is you're going to is making it worse because you're you're double timing your immune system, causing a lot of breakdowns. You're going to have some complications. You're going to end up having exactly um, uh, side effects, unknown side effects. So the, what I'm afraid of with a lot of these vaccines was already happened is people had already had the disease. It just comp- and when they were given the the given these vaccines, it just compounded the effects that they were already suffering. It's not necessarily that these vaccines had caused these issues. It's that we don't know whether they had already had the disease and then they were given the vaccine, so they were doubled up, their immune system kind of went crazy. There was a lot of issues that going along with it. So you have to be very careful when you say that this caused this. It could be uh, an accelerant to the disorder, but I'm not going to say that it caused it. And where do we start with, okay, if, if it, you know, this is one of the things about in research and in, and in especially with dealing with um, antibodies and understanding vaccines is if I, if I kill three to save a thousand, is that okay? No. So killing no, three to save a thousand is not okay. So I, I'm going to kill a thousand then. Well, no, you don't know the outcome. I mean, that is, you just do. A, a in many, in many viruses, you do. We do know the outcome. We do know the outcome of polio. We do know the outcome of smallpox. Yeah. But do you know they, people die from that? How, yeah. But how long has it been around before it was sorted out? It's still not sorted out. No. There's, there's but, places all over the globe I travel to that I tell you, it's still there. Yeah. It's still out there. And smallpox is used in a hell of a lot of bad ways as a foundation for all manner of things. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. But the situation is, do we? where do we draw the line? Is it to save a million? Do we give up a thousand? Can't make anything that's 100%. We do not have that ability. We are not evolved enough. We do not. Our evolution of medicine has not gotten us to the point where we're 100% on anything. No. I agree with you. Right now, but, we're but experimentation. I mean, at a best case scenarios. No, I, I mean, um, basically, at the end of the day, um, this hmm. isn't my point of view I'm putting forward. This is basically historical answers and research, which has come out from this. And okay, and basically, I mean, it's not me having a rant about what I think. Mm-hmm. This is basically answers to what they found. They found out basically at the end of the day, a lot of stuff. I mean, like you say, with vaccines, it is to bolster the immune system, mm-hmm. but but they've got a history of sending our systems into overdrive because they don't fully understand them. And there are, we do have gaps. Absolutely. Yeah. We have gaps, yeah. but where do we, where do we draw the line? I mean, do we have to be a hundred percent or do we get out there to save the masses? We're just well, not evolved enough in medicine to be the point where it's a hundred percent ever. Well, we, there's always somebody, enough, somebody that's allergic to eggs. If one person's allergic to eggs, like say some of our yellow fever, like our yellow fever vaccine, right? That we, we have to take down when we're down in awful places. So we give our yellow fever vaccine. Okay, there's egg compounds in that. In yeah. order to produce this vaccine, we have to use egg compounds. Yeah, I know. It, and then so we have to find, we have to rule out those people. Hey, by the way, if you have an egg allergy, blah, 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 you can't really take this. And but, we have other other means, but they're not as safe. But this is it. I mean, this is why they've put um, the tape on it. But we're, we're, we're not talking basically small issues here. We're, we're trying to put the point forward that basically mm-hmm. at the end of the day, as much as there's a vaccine out there, mm-hmm. yeah, we're actually living in a, a massive situation here where people have to make a decision. This, the, whereas this COVID-19 seems to be used as a world-changing event, as in they're going down the line where they're taking the decision away from people. And what the worrying point is where they say, you will have to vaccinate. And that is where the line should be drawn. Oh, I'm, I'm with I'm with you on this. 
Yeah. So this is, I mean, yeah, these, the, they've got historical flags. Medicine has always got to go forward. I have not got a thing against medicine. I have seen, I've worked in places and I've seen places where it's tested and on what it's tested. And then you go into your, I mean, I've seen the students come in and get their five, 10 pounds per whatever to do the first human tests and things like that. But yeah, but there's got to be a natural progression, but there has to be choice at the end of this. Medi medi medicine has to go forward. If, if man hadn't done the things he's done, we wouldn't actually have the advances we've got now. So on an ethical or moral thing, that's an individual point of view, but we still should still get choice. I agree we with both of you. I agree yeah. with both of you on this. However, there, there's one point that I, something I would like to point out between with the argument so far. The, the argument is we're talking about COVID-19, right? Which is 99% of the people that get it are going to survive. Whereas um, these other vaccines that we had, like the polio and, and you know, those are much more deadly, much more like there's side effects that are greater than what we're seeing with COVID-19. So in an, yes, I agree for like things like smallpox and polio and so on and so forth. Those, yeah, I could see trying to do a vaccine for COVID-19. On the other hand, when, when you're, some of the side effects we're seeing, for example, you were talking about swine flu and, and some of the, the side effects that were coming of the swine, uh, the vaccine. Is it really worth trying to fight the flu, the, a, a, a more severe cold, essentially, are you, uh, are we as a people ready to fight that with something that could potentially cause things like um, narcolepsy or any, any you know, neural damage, right? I mean, some of the side effects that we're seeing with the, the, the vaccines currently with COVID-19 are things like um, th there's been organ failure. There's been um, one of the other side effects was uh, some kind of spinal inflammation or something related to viral infections or something. I don't remember what the name was, but it's it's something to do with uh, inflammation there and in the fluids and whatnot, spinal fluids. But whatever the case is, uh, I'm I'm not sure personally that. Um, I'm okay with with going down that road. If somebody wants to take it, that's their choice. But mandating it, no, uh, no, no. I I agree. I mean, go for it, JP. Well, I, I'm COVID is not smallpox. So this vaccine scenario, I'm I'm not I'm really not for mandatory vaccines for COVID. I do have an idea that it. I mean, I have family members that have had it, no symptoms, very close people to me that had to be told they had it. I've uh, been around enough. We just had 7,000 students that didn't know they had it. This isn't smallpox. This isn't no. polio. No. This isn't spinal meningitis. I mean, this is, there's a whole many, whole plethora. But these, I mean, the reference I've made is basically to um, COVID-related stuff like your henny and stuff like that. I don't need to touch the smallpox or the polio. They are different animals altogether. This is like they've got it wrong continually. And it's like the people pay and then you, you don't, I mean, if you think about it, although they put this caution tape around it, Fauci, is it Fauci or Fauci? Fauci. And Fauci in America? Dr. Fauci, yes. Dr. Operation Fauci. Warp Speed? What a title to get things done as quick as possible. Well, I mean, where's he coming from? We have our own one called Neil, Neil, Neil Ferguson. I mean, yeah, he's, he the, he's the scumbag that's responsible for these uh, these uh, Armageddon-style numbers that we listen yeah, to, by the way. Yeah, we call him Mr. Doomsday over here. 
81% of the world population going to get it. We've got to shut everything down. And he's, he's, he's still they're still doing it. I mean, we've got to be okay. prudent about this. Uh, yeah, really I agree. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We we have to we have to be on top of it. Now, here here's the thing, and and I'm I'm fully with both of you on the uh, the idea, especially with what you said, Ned. There about people need to be given the choice. We're not being given a choice. We're not even being consulted. We're just being told uh, this is what's going to have to happen. Bruce, you and I have talked about common pass that they're talking about putting forward, and that's all going to be tied to this uh, this vaccine. And if it's not stopped, if there's no pushback, then it becomes, well, we're not going to require you to get it. But if you want to do fill in the blank, you know, X, Y or Z, then this is what you have to have. If you want to belong to this club or if you want to belong or excuse me, or if you want to go into this shop or if you want to fly on this plane, you want to take this car service, you want to take this public transport. That's what it's going to be. You're going to have to show that you've had that proof. Now, that isn't forcing, but it might as well be. It might as well be. You're restricting someone based on the fact that you don't have whatever it is that they're forcing upon you. So that's the same thing, in my opinion. It's just a different way. It's them dancing around the law rather than taking it on directly. But you had mentioned earlier, and I don't want to miss this point because this is extremely important. You'd mentioned earlier, and I did bring this up to you earlier this afternoon, but we briefly touched on it. Uh, you miss, You mentioned something there about a respiratory syncytial virus, so the RSV vaccines. Okay, now there's a company, and we covered this in an earlier podcast. There's a company out there, and this wasn't largely talked about at all. I mean, to be honest with you, since we've talked about it, I've not heard anyone else. Go ahead, GP. Rhinosinovirus. That's RSV. Rhinosinovirus. That means... Um upper respiratory virus yes yeah okay yeah yeah basically we call it the respiratory sinusitis. yeah virus. that's what this company refers to it to as well or refers to it as okay. as well <clears throat> so okay this being true. here yeah yeah here's the here's the thing so bruce and i found this on accident we were looking for something else and like i was saying we haven't heard anybody talking about this if someone else has talked about this in the news or or a, another a talk show or a podcast out there somewhere. I've missed it somewhere along the line. Uh, now, I'm not saying that it's not out there, but uh, I, I haven't heard of it. I would think that this would be extremely important. Now, there's a company out there that's called Novavax. And Novavax, uh, and I, like I said, we just kind of stumbled upon this. We were looking at something else and we tripped over this in the middle of the article. You know how they kind of put an article in there in the middle or something about something else? Yeah. Well, we stumbled upon this and I, I just thought Novavax shares rise after a deal to provide 60 million doses of coronavirus vaccine to the UK. And I thought, that's awful strange. Well, it's all, all of a sudden this just pops up. This is coincidentally right after. You know, so I started looking around and, and I'll get to the timeline here in a second. So this happens in uh, in mid-August. Well, I thought, OK, well, this this deal kind of this deal kind of perplexes me a little bit. But then I started to think, I said, when did you know, I, so I started looking up the company and, and I knew that there was something going on there with Boris Johnson. And I thought, when did this then when did this actually start? So I looked up the company and the company was tasked to come up with this vaccine in May of 2020. OK, one of their external sponsorships, Novavax received three hundred eighty four million dollars from the Coalition of Epidemic Preparedness Innovations to fund early stage evaluation healthy adults to uh, of the company's COVID-19 vaccine candidate. OK, so the Coalition for Epidemic Epidemic Preparedness. Well, where did they come from? Well, they are founded by the World Economic Forum, which is a group of people down in Davos, Switzerland that we've been talking about 
you know, a lot of this great reset and everything that they're that they're uh, working towards, all of these new restrictions, all of these new um, things that are coming forward, it's all coming from that group. Well, this is a company that was formed, the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, among a few other people. But, but I thought, okay, Novavax, specifically this company. Well, this company was set to go bankrupt. I mean, they were ready to go down. And mm-hmm. so much so that the New York Stock Exchange actually came to him and said, look, you better get some value in this company or we're going to have to delist you and you better get it real fast. Three weeks later, Bill Gates swoops in and gives them it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like $89 million uh, for development of maternal vaccines and, and some other things. And then he gave him another $89 million in 2015 uh, and gave him another uh, say what? Um, yeah, three hundred eighty-four million that I mentioned. So uh, all this mm-hmm. money's now suddenly coming in from this uh, this foundation of Bill Gates. Like I said, they've been tasked in May in May to develop one of the COVID vaccines. And I thought, wasn't there a meeting somewhere? I remember in the in the BBC, and it was actually it was reported by the BBC, Sky News, and you know Sun Papers and Daily Mail, and all your all your outlets over there back in May. And I actually had to go to your government's website. I went to uh, like gov. your uk.gov or whatever it is, and I found the actual time of it. Bill and Melinda Gates met with Boris Johnson to discuss the coronavirus vaccination and how they were going mm-hmm. to plan for it in the UK. And then all of a sudden, this company comes along. So oh, yeah. this company has the deal. They then go and meet with Boris Johnson a couple of days later, and that's where this plan gets started. So this company well, rises. And now they're they're being tasked they're they're being tasked to co- to come up with eight or excuse me sixty million doses to the UK. That's enough to inoculate near your nearly your entire population over there. Now here's the interesting thing about Novavax: the entire time the company has been in existence since 1987, they have not produced a single viable working vaccine to date. And now all of a sudden they're going to be tasked with delivering 60 million doses to the UK. They're going to be tasked with delivering over 100 million to the US, South Korea, Japan as well, and possibly others that we that we don't know of yet. But this is this is extremely concerning. And like I said, nearest I can tell, no one's really talking about it. Well, I mean, if you think about this, this is something really interesting. You say that he got with Boris Johnson and that. And so basically, you got a timeline on that one? one? One second, I'll pull it. No, that's fine, because basically this timeline has to be, I mean, last year at the World Economic Forum at Davos, Switzerland, Gates forthrightly told an interviewer that he expects to make 20-fold return on his 10 billion right investment in global vaccines, and he said that last year. So how did he know he was going to be making a global vaccine this year? Right here. This is from gov.uk. I was incorrect on the first yep. uh, iteration of the website. This is from gov.uk. This is your official government's website. The press release for that day on 19th of May, 2020, Prime Minister Boris Johnson yep. spoke to Bill and Melinda Gates today via video call. Uh, they spoke on, uh, they were joined also by Kate Bingham, it looks like, chair of the UK's vaccine task force. They discussed the UK's contribution to helping countries around the world tackle coronavirus and the important work of the Gates Foundation in this area, blah, blah, blah. Uh, both parties expressed their hope that a viable vaccine will be found as soon as possible. They also shared their commitment to work, or excuse me, their commitment to the vital work of Gavi, which we were we talked about Gavi uh, later on that evening, uh, the Vaccine Alliance. Uh, and they look forward to the upcoming uh, UK hosted Global Vaccine Summit on June 4th, which happened, by the way. Exactly. So he was mentioned this a year ago at the Economic Forum at Davos. Uh, he was going to make a 20-fold return. I mean, that in itself has a lot of implications. But you say you had Novatec, yeah? I mean, they're plugging uh, Moderna's vaccine, aren't they? I mean, it's basically 
um, JP might help on this. Are you there, mate? They're using RNA as a platform to deliver the vaccine, and they're not quite sure whether it'll work. That's every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's every day. Because, but, you know, 100 people, you know, you could get 100 people and 10% of them could have variations in their genome. And you're not going to have the proper response that you're looking for. Exactly. So, that But you can also get 100 people and you're getting the response you're looking for. And then you get 100 people and none of them are that. Because our gene pool is so large, we don't know exactly yeah. which ones are going to be affected in which ways. We but just go used, for the vast majority. But they're supposed to be using the RNA. And mm-hmm. the way it's supposed to work is by inserting genetic pit, uh, material. Yeah, because basically mm-hmm. they they um, they reacted to um, the uh, written genome of it from the Chinese a few months back, and then they started to do it. And the funny thing is, yeah, I mean, he actually <laughs> a quote from him. He said, because he's a computer man, he had to come out with this. He said, it's a bit like building your own computer and your first piece of software at the same time. But hang on, it's not a computer. You're messing around with people's lives here, and now. Like you said with Novatech, this is Moderna has never bought a vaccine to the market before. Yeah. And yet, two months after the Chinese released that genomic sequence, yeah, the company took unusual steps to releasing a press release to say, wow, these antibodies have been created in our test people. But three, three out of 15, which is 20%, had what they called a, a grade three. Systematic symptoms, yeah, which the FDA define as grade three symptoms, right, are serious issues because it it requires medical intervention. But they didn't mention that. And yet the very same day, Moderna released a second press release offering 1.25 billion shares to the public. So it seemed like it was a much money spending thing and it was all orchestrated and that is bill gates and that's the platform bill gates is working out now is it going to work or isn't it i mean he says quote it might not be a perfect vaccine yet and that's okay and he wrote that in april and now we where we are i mean a bill and the gates foundation you say they um been funding research yeah the institute of tech in massachusetts the chinese academy of sciences in beijing and a few other places called global good Intellectual Venture Lab in Bellevue, and they're trying to develop something called a near-infrared quantum dot. And this is where I wanted to talk about it because you said they're trying to insert genetic material and things in. And apparently, this is this be, is a big yeah. This is a big topic of uh, now you start talking about this stuff and people tend to start calling you a conspiracy theorist about, uh, you know, digital tattoos and all that stuff. But the fact is, is that if it's a conspiracy theory and I'm, you know, we're not one to peddle conspiracy theories here. We just deal in what we can find in research uh, and, and we check and double check and then we check again before we put it out. So exactly. Uh, and, and we make sure that all- it's information that's public. But to, oh, yeah, be, it's public to, information. Right, right. And the, the thing I was, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doubting you. That's not what I'm saying here. What I was saying was, if this is a conspiracy theory, then why do they have the patents on these things? Well, this is it. Apparently, when it's, it can be implanted under the skin along with the vaccine to encode information for what they call decentralized data storage and biosensing. That's what they tell you. Is, has it got any other uh, purpose? I mean, isn't this a human rights issue? I mean, someone's going to vaccinate you and one of them's in it. Shouldn't they actually be telling you up front? I mean, last year, I mean, uh, I mean, that that kills me that he was actually at that 
economic forum at Davos and actually said he was going to make 20-fold his money back on vaccinations. And that was last year before the actual incident. I mean, what is going on here? On top of it all, what gets me is, right, they're very, everyone seems to be blasé about these vaccines, yeah? And you can understand why. It's like in your country, in the US, the US Department of Health passed a Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, the PrEP Act. And it, it gives the pharmaceutical companies financial immunity if things go wrong with one of their COVID-19 products. And it's not just you guys. I mean, I'm, it's not a personal thing. It's not your country. We've got, we've just got, we did the same. I mean, basically, the Vaccination Damage Payments Act of 1979, it makes all these companies immune in situations like this to liability. They are not li- they're not being held liable for anything. So if it all goes wrong, we pay the price as such, whatever that is, you know, pay the ferryman, bye-bye, you're gone. And it, 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 just, it just mounts up and mounts up. I mean, what is in these vaccines, JP? I mean, the basis of them. I mean, there is a cocktail of all manner of things in them, isn't there? To actually it depends upon where they come from, but yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, base, where the base is, yes. Well, yeah, GP likes I mean, to put scrambled eggs in his. He was saying it earlier. So. <laughs> I do. I love that. That's my absolute favorite. Uh, a little with a glass of milk and uh, uh, some botulism. You know, botulism. <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely. That's always lovely. fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I call it your no. death mug. I mean, uh. it, 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 it's, it's basically, it's basically they're, they're trying to stimulate the immune system, aren't they? They're trying to kick it off. Yes, with all that's, that's what they do. Exactly. When you when you yeah. take that's that's the point. You take the the vaccine, and then of course it's the um it, it's the the virus itself, but it's the it's the dead virus that they've cultivated. But that they're they're trying they're using the antigens. Correct me if I'm wrong to provoke the autoimmune response. Is that correct? So you develop the yes. immunity. Is that yeah okay? Or yeah, they, they want the antigens. The yeah, well, I mean, it was quite interesting actually because um uh in 2017. Some Italian scientists used their nanotech, yeah, to study 44 samples of 30 different vaccines and found fairly dangerous contaminants, they called it, include toxic metals, debris, even red blood cells in all but one sample. I mean, and then basically, I mean, in a paper called Vaccines and Autoimmunity, Wiley Stroke Blackwell in 2015, they said basically these sort of trace amounts of these ingredients, they're not inherently safe. Okay, yeah, let me on, make a, yeah, let me uh, let me make a point here on this. Okay, is sodium dangerous? Depends where how you use it. Sodium's extraordinarily and dangerous. What amount? In fire. I mean, in, in what any amount? amount. Yeah. In any oh, in any amount. Um, sodium can be da- sodium, pure sodium. Yeah. Okay. What about chlorine? Chlorine dangerous? The chewables or the extraordinarily is. Which one? Which yeah, one? yeah the chewable, the injectables. Yeah, extraordinarily <laughs> dangerous. Both of these, yeah, yeah. both of these compounds are extraordinarily dangerous in and of themselves by themselves. They're toxic yes. to hum- humans. Very toxic, extraordinary. But it depends how they're used. Yeah. Now, if I put sodium with chlorine, sodium I get chlorine. salt. I get table. I get yeah, table salt. You do. And it's completely benign. And all of a sudden, it's a necessary item. See, this is the problem that a lot of these conspiracy theorists do: is they'll see compounds, and instead of looking at it as a compound, they will break it down into its base elements, elements and say, "Well, yeah. this is this is toxic. This is toxic. This is toxic." But guess what happens when you combine them together? It becomes extraordinarily benign. Oh yeah. And so, well, I mean- or and then oftentimes it's a great medium to introduce. You know your 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 proteins, whatever it may be on on your vaccine, uh, your inert viruses or whatever it may be. This is assists 
and it's transmission and it's benign. But if you, these people are taking these parts, just pieces of it and saying, oh, look, it's got this in it. It's got aluminum in it. Oh my gosh. It's got uh, cyanide in it. It's got the, but when it's combined, yeah, they do actually, they have cyanide. But we don't want to go there. There's there's a couple of different kinds of cyanide though. There's sodium cyanide, then there's potassium cyanide. There's a big difference. There's a a big difference. Yes. But they only, they only say cyanide. So you're like, oh my God, they're trying to kill me. One's deadly and one's not. (laughs) Yes. So that's yeah, I mean, the situation no, that no, we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, because basically, I mean, you've you've got things like, I mean, it's all there as a rea- I mean, a lot of them are used as reactants, mm-hmm. aren't they? Well, reactants, preservatives, yeah. um, tr- assistant transmission. Uh, it's it's you know it's a transport medium, often most oftentimes, or a preservative, and so what that's is, that's where it's what used is, for. What is the chemical at ASO three? Do you know? Yeah, it's ASO3. arsenic oxide. oxide. Yeah, and that was, and basically, they found out um, that what that what triggered a lot of neurological problems within the vaccines. And yet, but ASO three could also be neutral. Hold on, let me get the. Uh, I'd actually have to go into it. I think it's aluminum aluminum salts. But you're going to make yeah. G- you're going to make JP put on his lab coat, and he's going to get his goggles on. He's going to get his centrifuge. I'm going to make use of JP because I've never made. Yeah, because what happens is, is they see that's where they're starting to take things apart again. It's you have to look at the entire compound in which it is and not derive. They, you know, you can't because one person makes a mistake in research because they'll say arsenic. Right. And they'll be referring to one in the lab. But because the person is reporting, he makes some mistakes and refers another one. And that just becomes the public's truth. Because this person reported it, this is how it is, and that's not the case. You, uh, oh no, oh, no. Us, I mean, we I, the labs I and all of us in the labs and the every, we we lose our minds because people will take a piece of information instead of looking at the whole thing, and we find that in everything, right, guys? In politics and everything, you take oh, yeah. a clip, a voice clip from somebody, and then use it to your own agenda, and that's what oftentimes happens. Because I'm not telling you, in the lab, we are not sitting back there, or not me anymore. This has been years ago. But, you know, people now, they're not going, oh, can't wait to go kill a million people. You know, th- it's not happening. Everybody's going, we want to save as many people as possible. We want to help. We're not out there creating genocides. That's true. That's true. But here, here's here's the thing, though. I think you can almost liken that to it. And I don't want to get political here, but you can almost liken that to, say, like a totalitarian movement. The average person out there in the streets thinks they're fighting something that's a good fight, right? They're, they're fighting for the good cause. Right, yeah. Same thing with a lab worker in this case. When you have the bosses at the top, they're the ones with the sinister agenda. The ones down at the mm-hmm. lower level are the compartmentalized ones that are just carrying out what they're told, thinking that they're doing, they're doing the right thing. But then generally, this is what it's about. It's, I mean, everything gets researched and it's all about results and it's about what has happened and what is happening. And when things go too fast, you've got to wonder why. I mean, it's not the man on the floor or whether his his research or whatever has been used and is possibly misused. Yeah. But this is like a paper trail of one incident, one vaccine after another causing a problem. And yes, there is a a be careful tape around it, but they're still running at it. And why are they running at it? This is what you've got, uh, this is what you got a question. It's not what is scientifically done. It's what the motives beyond individuals are. Well, here's the, on the motivations. What if a country through propaganda released a virus that 
actually was relatively relatively benign, relatively, but propped it up and hyped it up so bad to cause every country to shut down. Yep. Let's just say this is hypothetical. Now, all the countries figured out, oh my God, we got scammed. Oh my, we we totally got scammed on this one. Holy crap, guys. I, I can't believe this is going on. What do you do if you're one of these countries? How do you tell your people, you know, the shutdown was pointless? What do you think your people are going to do? Let, just take America, just America, for instance. What would every American do if the politicians came out and said, hey, guys, we were just kidding? Um, we got, we, we got, you know what? We got, we got, we got tricked. World War three. It's exactly what would happen. Every business owner would, that's lost their business. Every person that's lost so much to this and been hyped and told how terrible it is will stand up and march. This it is will why be devastating. This is why governments don't money, admit fault. Yeah, but this is this yeah. is why governments <laughs> don't admit fault. They double down. So they're not going to admit fault in this. That 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 piece of trash that you've got no disrespect. That piece of trash you've got in the UK called Neil Ferguson that we based all this garbage on in the first place. Oh, you think that guy's going to admit <laughs> fault? He's not. He's not. He's not going to come out publicly and say, oh, I was wrong. He's just going to come up with the next doomsday prediction. Same thing with all this, uh, you know, these governments and stuff like that. They're not going to admit that they're wrong. We know that they're wrong. And and the, the, the worst part is, is I think people largely, largely, the, especially the ones that have lost everything, they can now see through this. I think they understand that they know that they were wrong, but they're not going to admit it. So this is why they're continuing on with their... Um, I guess we can say draconian measures uh, and these evil policies of starting to repress and squeeze back down on populations because they don't have anything else left. They have no credibility. Whatever credibility they had with people, regardless of what country you come from, they're rapidly losing it and they're losing it fast. So they have to clamp down. They don't have any other choice at this point. They're all like their chips are on. Put this in a poker game. okay? they're all in They're All their chips are on the table. They got nowhere else to go. They have authoritarianism and control. That's all they have at this point. They can't backpedal. If they go back, then they certainly lose. So they have to move oh, forward. And nothing like looking bad in front of others, eh? Yeah, they're but at war. Still, you, yeah, but they, you've still got people actually using the situation and totally abusing it. And that's the problem. It's but continuing see, on. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's why I said the power structure, the dying power structure, they're at war. They're at war with our very way of life, you know, our very existence. They're at war with that system because they can't compete with it. So now they have to clamp down on everything. But see, here's the problem. The problem is, is exactly what the two of you just pointed out. It's a lie. But they're at war based on a lie. And they can't back out of it now. It's easier to, it's easy to get in. It's hard to get out. But see, they have to fight on that lie. An ethical question. Hypothetically, if we go down JP's line, that all these governments of had the wall pulled over their eyes and they're all feeling a bit silly and they've got to find their own pathway out. Ethically, why should it then be actually allowed for a global vaccination as a stepping point for somebody else to use and abuse? Well, they, they ha- that's to, just to cover up the situation that they're in. I mean, you're going to do this global vaccine, but you're going to try and do a vaccine that's going to cause the least amount of damage. You can't do saline water because someone's going to get a hold of this vaccine and they're going to break it down. This is that's just inevitable. The news will. Somebody oh, yeah. is going to get it. And if you're just giving everybody salt water because that's all you really need to do, then they're going to basically go. Uh, well, I'm not saying that you just use salt water because there are people and risk factors and age categories. And, you know, sorry, I I know Johnny's <laughs> probably losing it right now because I. Uh, <laughs> I understand. But yes. For the risk for the risk categories, yes, that would be you know that is a vaccine. But they do need a vaccine for those people. You know that 
that is the but to make but to only vaccinate people over the age of 60 is not enough vaccines so in order to make it profitable because of all the research and the monies and everything else that's used to develop this vaccine they need to vaccinate everyone to recoup wait, their you, losses wait you mean you mean like the nano flu virus that or, or excuse me the nano flu vaccine that was fast tracked in january by the fda which is specifically meant for people over 65 literally on the label says that mm-hmm. um that wouldn't be profitable uh well that's profitable because we have so much research in the uh in the development of flu vaccines that it because it's it's relatively it's simpler to create flu vaccines at this point because we've had 20 years of doing this over you know so they've got the practice well a coronavirus vaccine do you remember the last coronavirus vaccine we had Oh yeah, we don't. Well, so technically, this is, the this flu is, vaccine is a coronavirus. No, vaccine. flu vaccine is not sauce. Coronavirus. Uh, okay, sauce? Donald Trump. Sauce? Okay, how about this? It's not how, the same damn this? thing. How about this? <laughs> yeah, but they're all. How about this? Aren't they? No, we, we talked. We talked about flu vaccines last time you were on GP. We talked about them. You made the points. And this is, you know, I I can't disagree with you here, but they haven't guessed the correct strain of flu since they've made the vaccine. But you're correct. You're correct. And they guess the top four as they, you know, they do. They do get those correct. But it's the 900 other mutations that they don't get. Right. What I mean, so my comparison is is cold, isn't it? Yes, but that's yeah, but they've they've never been able to get the flu out of the way, and that thing's a hundred years old. What in the hell makes you think they're going to be able to get this right, especially when it's being developed and researched by a company that's never created anything that's been workable, right? So it doesn't. Well, that, doesn't okay. Wait, point wait, wait, there, wait. by the way. Okay, stop, that, guys. Here's a, here's the thing. Yeah. Okay, this is a business thing. This is understanding a business model. Right. You know what I do when I want to create a business that specializes in something? I get the best minds and best people in that field. And I get them together and I create or go in and you form a new company because you you don't want to go in with, you you don't want these brilliant minds, these brilliant people contaminated by the old regime. So you put them in a new bot. You you don't want them with old regime people because it, it, it will take longer because you've got politics to deal with. You've got all these kind of rules and I've been here longer and all these some stupid things that happen in laboratories I mean, the utopia of it things is, from happening. The utopia of it is, is basically that you'll get people who ethically do things, just things, and use them correctly. Human nature doesn't work that way, okay, especially okay. in a business. Especially within a business, they're out there to make profit, and they're out there. And those, and if it doesn't make profit, people generally fall by the wayside, or parts of the company get carved up. It's they, the whole a lot platform of money is corrupt. The whole platform is corrupt. Not necessarily. The researchers are there for the research themselves. Most scientists, I don't know how much time you spend with most people in research and and a lot of these doctors and have uh, they're beyond the the your moral compass. <laughs> they're there <laughs> to get that objective done. I want to create something to do this, and I'm and that's and then what they're trying to do is is accomplish this goal. I mean, they're most a lot of times they're not manipulated by money they have they're manipulated by the desire to accomplish that goal uh to 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 create that that they got to get there first and that's what they all do they all want to get there first because there's there's a lot of hoopla and bragging rights when you're the guy that got there first i mean it's 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 crazy it's it's like a bunch of nerds and And not everyone's a nerd how many papers do they have to write along the line that generally oh my god a lot of bunk well no create a lot of fluff but it's Mm -hmm. Yes, we all know about pharma medications where they were coerced to write, you know, that the results were far more positive than they actually were. 
Yes. Yeah, still happens. That has, that has occurred. Um, but there was always money involved. There was a, there was a money situation. Whereas with the virus, there is literally an unlimited amount of funds coming from just about every country that can spend money into developing this, you know, the cure for this. It's a new Manhattan project. Bruce, go ahead. Yeah. There's a, there's a slight flaw with your analogy though. You're, you're taking, okay. So the business guy you're referencing here is yourself. And if you were to start up a business to do make vaccines or whatnot, I would be on board, man. I'd throw money at you because I know I know your intentions. I know you're actually want to help people. Now, the the person that we're talking about here that's thrown millions of dollars at um, these companies creating vaccines has been on stage saying they're going to use the vac. They want to use the vaccines to regulate populations. They want to use the vaccine to track people. They have literally come out and said that in interviews. The, the first one that I I'm, I know of offhand is 2015, talking the about it was he yeah the, the TED talk. He was joking, quote unquote, joking about using the vaccines to regulate populations. So okay, I'd stop you. I'd stop you there. That's actually another scientist doctor that um, was actually saying that it wasn't actually Bill Gates. That was actually that Bill, was Gates Bill Gates in his interview. In you got Bill literally Gates because Bill Gates. I've got, I've got a literally Bill Gates said that. Talks about no, no, no. That was, that 20, was Gates. 2015, Bill Gates literally said it in his talk and it was a joke. He he, he worded it as a joke, but okay, I tend we're to- talking it, about two different view yeah, studies. We're, we're two, I'm probably yeah, talking. Yeah. Okay. Got it. We're two different ones. Yeah. It, so- I'm talking about He's already, control and controlling uh, um, moods and desires to uh, aggressive. To, uh, well, that's another behavior. talk. He's th- talked about that too, but that's not exactly what I'm referencing. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. talking about the TED talk specifically. He was talking about so it, regulating yeah. populations. So my, my problem is you have Bill Gates throwing money around for these, these um, companies that are creating vaccines. Now, the researchers, they may, their intention, their heart in it is to create a vaccine to help people. I, I get that, right? They're, they could have good morals in this whole situation. The problem is who's throwing the money around. And he's throwing money around to try to regulate populations, to to control people. But, but I mean, the, the bad thing about it is even if you've got ethics and morals or whatever, you go to all these um, labs and things and that, and basically they're funded on how many, how much time? Three, four years? And then as soon as they get into a lab, as soon as soon as say you got a grant, you'd have somebody within your lab totally working on when are they going to get the next grant to keep the continuation. I mean, I've worked at Cambridge University and that is how it is. And it's sad. You have all these minds there and you're telling me that if they get put into a corner politically or whatever, they're not going to hold their hand out to the one person that gives them money. I'm sorry, the poor man, the good minds do get used and abused. And it does come down to, I mean, a grant, why, the grant is three or four years. Well, there's some poor soul looking for the next grant as soon as they get it. And that is how it works. And you know that, JP, don't you? I do. It's a, it's it's a sad, a, actually, yeah. it's a, it's a sad situation, but yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so yeah, you get and your human grant, nature, you're like, human nature gets controlled. For six months. Yeah, yeah exactly. And people will take what they can get because no matter what happens, the saying of if you're in the job that doesn't feel like a job, you're in the right job. And academics are in their job and they're in a myopic world and they love it. And the thing is, they're in that world and they will want to keep going down there and achieve their whatever they do, achieve their research. The trouble is not always the research gets in the right hands. 
does it? No. No, we've never had that situation ever before. Never, ever. <laughs> ever. Never happened. You never wanted to create something good and they turned it into something terrible. I know. I know. It, never. It, it isn't very nice. I mean, that wasn't pointed at you, but you know the general situation. And that, I understand I, the situation. Yeah. Yeah. But on this one, I believe that they're, they're uh, I You would like to one the US One, the U.S. is too happy is lawsuit happy and that is a difficult financial situation when it comes to producing a vaccine because if you get a vaccine that says affects say a million people let's let's go with a 0.3 percent of the u.s population that's going to financially cripple or destroy an entire company um the uh unless they put on caps or you have to sign a waiver or whatever it may be i mean there's legal uh, demons that we have here in the United States that prevent oh, I love how he's talking around things. He's like these yeah. legal demons. I, I <laughs> Stepping aside out of your hypothetical world and situation, personally, JP, do you really think a vaccine is required? Yes, I do. Why is that? I honestly do. Why is okay, that? We've, got a po- we've got a population that is uh, beyond the age of 60. And this is the vast, the vast majority of the people that are affected by this. We're talking people that would normally live to 100 that have shortened their lives down to 70. You know, the only people that want to live to 100, do you, do you know? The only people that want to live to 100 are people that are 99 years old a- and Johnny. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to have to. I haven't got a choice. <laughs> yes, the same here. Um, my whole, uh, My whole family are... Centenarians, centenarians mostly that have yeah. died. Um, so the, uh, but there is a vast majority of the population that will succumb to this virus. As not saying that the virus itself will get you, but when it's combined with various other medical conditions, that it will. And I think that these people have should have the right if we have the ability to provide them, you know, with this. Oops. Go ahead, Johnny. What did I oop? No, you didn't oop anything. <laughs> I agree with, with what you're saying. And at the same time, I agree with what you're saying as well, Ned. But to your earlier point, shouldn't it be a choice? Yes. No, no, no. I agree. That's right there. It's a choice. Absolutely a choice. I do not think it should be mandated. But I do think we should research this and develop this. I would also like to point out, um, you're, you're talking about the elderly here. I also want to point out that Part of the comorbidity is having your governor as Cuomo or Whitmer. Uh, I just want to point those out. That that is a comorbidity well, because a lot of yeah, them were Bruce, killed. Because those mass of gatherings in those communities are are what's causing yeah. this, and that's what's going to have to lock it. By yeah. the way, I'm glad all just, the time I spent in biological, chemical, uh, nuclear biological, chemical warfare training that uh, that I didn't know that a cloth mask could have saved us uh, so much right? time. It's it, incredible. I didn't know. Well, well, all that time. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Redfield, the head of uh, CDC, says that a mask, that the cloth mask is better than a vaccine. So we've got I, this solved. I, I uh, when I was going in the tuberculosis wards in my early in my career uh, to get samples, I really went instead of having to wear that bulky positive suit. Yeah, I, I could have just worn a cloth mask. Yeah, I could have just worn a cloth yeah. mask out of uh, my underwear. When you, when you I, go I, to work. I, I, yeah, when you went to work in all those BSL four labs, I mean, and you, you yeah. I mean, you, you could have just worn a mask. It would have saved you so much trouble going through decon all the time. And oh my gosh, uh, and, how much money would have been saved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could have used that extra money just to get better lunches because lunches. But that's yeah, but you story. didn't like that too. <laughs> You've got to think about all those. No, it's actually lo- very flu. Not a lot of liquid foods. 
So you're, there's a lot of dry. Oh man, you don't think um, Bill Gates owns all the PPE companies as well? PPE? No, China yeah. owns the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Bill Gates doesn't own them all. China's got the rest of them. Come on. Yeah. China's got the good lump of most. It's been a fascinating conversation this evening, I have to say. No, well, I mean, the biggest thing is we still don't know. I mean, the virus, no matter what happens, if if the people that actually followed the trace of what's happened and the time it happens or how it peaks, I mean, initially, I mean, there have been people that have followed it. I mean, Nobel Prize winners and such like that. And they decided to have a look into certain things like they started with the U.S., Israel and China, because that's where, I mean, they wanted to, because they knew they, they knew people in China. And they, they they worked out that basically, yeah, it went up like 30% a day and it kept on, and but it peaked after a couple of weeks or so. And then it linearly went down and dropped off. Yeah. And then they thought, well, is this a one-off? And they looked at other places and they looked at other countries and it seems to follow the same thing. And then you've got other people looking at like even over here in East Anglia, um, in the UK, some of the universities there, they, they want they want to look at has the lockdown actually caused more problems than not? And like I was saying earlier, has, funny enough, how many deaths in the world environment has lockdown caused due to whether psychological events or how people have reacted to the deaths of COVID? Which one do you think would be higher? Guarantee COVID would probably come a second best. The mismanagement lockdown. and everything like that so is COVID as bad as what they say? No, and, and we know that actually burn out. It seems to actually peter out. I mean, yeah. the biggest problem with biggest problem with respiratory things, I think, is yeah, you got environmentalists, you locked it down. Yeah, I suppose your external pollutants and everything went down. So maybe that had a massive effect on it because the world on a whole stage locked down. But and then everything starts to ramp up, and you get all the cars on the road, and your pollutants go up. Yes. That's going to affect the respiratory system and that. But at the, at the end of the day, what do we do? Do we carry on down this little nightmare road of the hypothetical world? Or do we just open the gates and go, let's see who drops and who doesn't? I choose option <laughs> two. That's my choice, right? That, that's my choice. We're talking about choices, right? That's my choice. I'm choosing option three where we lock down all the people that want to be locked down. And then let everybody else make their own choice. That's great, GP. Let's shut all the universities down. I completely agree. I completely agree. Let's shut all the universities. (laughs) That'd be great. That's fine. That's fantastic. At least it'll stop them from becoming more stupid, right? That's a that's a good good place to start. We are out of time, gentlemen. So we are going to have to uh, call it an end. I uh, I want to thank you for coming on, Ned. I appreciate it. Um, as I said, you're, uh, you're welcome back here anytime. We're, we're here every night at the same time. You're welcome to come in and give your two cents. I know we wanted to talk about some presidential election stuff, but you're welcome to come There's in. There's always uh, another day. Yeah, there's always another well, day. You've you, you got to bring some comedy into it sometime, JP. Politics <laughs> is, is death. I mean, it's... We're, we're not here every night, by the way. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. We're not, we're not here every night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're not here on. Yeah. We're not here on the weekends. Anyway. All right. We are going to have to go. So for those of you who have not, you'd like to please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your likes and your echoes and your comments and your upvotes. You can follow me over there at Jay Anderson three or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you want to reach out to us and you don't want to do it via social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. We would humbly ask you to pass us along to friends and family and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible. And we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass us along, we'd appreciate that. We're on just about every platform out there. We're on Pandora and iHeartRadio in the United States. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, 
uh, Amazon Audible internationally. So if you're looking for us and you're recommending us to friends and family, you can recommend us on those platforms. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would greatly appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce, Ned, GP, thank you guys for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.